Hello, hello, and welcome to the Empowered Woman channel. If you are listening on the podcast, it will be on Anchor, Google, um, Apple Podcasts, but this is the channel itself, the YouTube channel. And I want to welcome you, my friends, my listeners, to today's edition. With me on today's edition is Latasha. Okay, Latasha Holden. I am your host, Pastor Daphne Pidi, but my guest today is going to be Latasha Holden. Thank you so much, Latasha, and welcome to the Empowered Woman channel. Thank you for having me. I'm glad you could make it. This is, I would say, a dream come true. <laughs> because when I listened to your interview on um, Mental Shift with Michelle, I was like, oh my God. Her story is so compelling. The whole world needs to hear it. And so I sent Michelle a text. I'm like, oh, someday, <laughs> maybe she can come talk <laughs> on the Empowered Woman channel. And she said, yeah, why not? In a few minutes, she responded and she's like, send her a message. She'll do it. I'm like, what? <laughs> so thank you so much. I'm so honored to have you. Let's start from the beginning. Okay. I have some notes here I'm going to be referring to. You were recently selected as the mother of the year 2020 in Georgia. Right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. And you were also selected as a national mother of the year for 2020. That is correct. <laughs> wow. That is amazing. But where did you start? Was it your dream to become this woman, this national mother for 2020? Was that a dream you had or how did it start? Share your story with me, please. Oh, my goodness. Um, definitely see that, that coming. Um, again, I am Dr. Latarsha Holden. I'm born and raised. I don't know why my granddaughter is trying to keep calling me. She's five, and I told her to hold on. <laughs> but um, she got a new iPad, so she's playing around on this thing. But I'm, I'm Dr. Latarsha Holden. I'm born and raised in Atlanta, Georgia. Mm -hmm. um, and my story changed within the last 12 years. So within the last 12 years, I went from being homeless at 35 years old with six children in the streets of Atlanta to running for public office in 2017. From a GED to a doctorate degree in leadership studies, I became a 12-time published author. I recently launched my inspiration t-shirt line and an organization by the name of American Mothers Inc. is a national organization. Uh -huh. It started back in 1935 with um, uh, President Roosevelt's wife and J.C. Penn and other influential women uh -huh. around that time. They started an organization, a national organization, where they chose one woman per state to represent that state to, you know, someone that's showing exemplary um, accomplishments and motherhood in her city, state, nationally. And then out of the 50 plus state, they choose one to represent national. And this per per person represents mothers all around the world, the million mothers around the world. And they also make United States history. So this wow. year I have made United States history as the 85th woman to ever hold that title. The 85th woman to ever hold that national title. Now you said <clears throat> thirty at thirty-five you were 35. divorced with six children. 
and homeless. Yes. yes. So you went from the streets to the stage, as it were. <laughs> Pretty much in, in, in 12, 13 years. So how did you become homeless? Um, it, well, it, it, go ahead. No, go ahead. You go ahead. No, go ahead. I mean, a marriage I was in for 10 years, um, it was a verbally emotional um, and sometimes physical abusive marriage. So by the time, you got to think, I dropped out of school in the 10th grade and I had four children by 22. So I was already a young lady that didn't believe in herself, that didn't have any goals and dreams. So when the marriage ended, and I guess from all the abuse and just just the trauma of growing up, feeling like I'm worthless, I'm a nobody, my self-esteem was shot. So when that ended, I didn't know which way to go. I didn't know what was right, what was left. And so I, I, we found ourselves homeless. Here I am, 35 years old with a GED. So I'm uneducated, underemployed, six kids, and I'm lost. And so that's how the homelessness began. You were not only lost, but you felt worthless. Yes. You know, Latasha, there are so many women who are in that space who feel very worthless, who feel like their lives don't count for anything because of what they have been through. Now, the truth is our backgrounds shape us. The things we go through in life shape us. But it sounds to me like you did not allow that to stop you. Tell me more. How, how did you... Tell me about the journey from being homeless <laughs> with six kids on the streets. When you and I talked, you talked about sleeping in your vehicle. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I couldn't even imagine. Oh, my goodness. You know, it's interesting. Um, to be honest, I'm, even as a minister, I'm very transparent. I cannot really take anything personal onto myself. Um, I wasn't raised in a church, so I did not know God, did not have a relationship with him. We got to know each other during the, my homeless experience. I call it in the trenches, in the wilderness. So it wasn't, I, I just came at a crossroad. Here I am, 35, living in a boarded house as squatters. And I just knew that I had to save my six children from the, 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 um, the correctional system. I had to save them from going to the jails. I had to save them from going to the streets, the drugs, the gangs. Mm. I didn't really know what liberation looked like. I mean, what do I know? I'm an African-American woman that is homeless and uneducated at 35 years old with no resources, no family mm -hmm. support. Mm -hmm. I knew I was the only one that was going to save my family. And wow. again, I didn't really know what that looked like. And so I just decided to go, go ahead and take a chance on going back to school. And um, it, it definitely wasn't an easy decision. I mean, I was 35. Last time I've been in any one school, I was 15 years old. Wow. 20 years later. Yeah, 20 years later. 20 years and, later. Yeah. And so I'm going to school with a defeated mindset, homeless, scared out my mind. And I could tell you this, Pastor, it, it probably was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. And it, it, the homeless experience is one thing. Mm -hmm. The mental shift is a whole nother ball. That, that probably was the most painful thing about that 12-year journey to switch my, at 35 years old, I had lived pretty much a defeated life. I had pretty much lived a, a poverty mindset. Woe is me. You're nobody. Mm, You're worth mm, it. You got nothing to offer. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So for God to start to change my mindset, wow. that's where the pain came in at. That's where the, is he trying to kill me? You know, because yeah. I'm, it's going against everything I've learned about myself. 
And so being homeless, that was just one part of the journey. But my mindset, because when you start to change the way you think, it's an unknown place. You've never been there. You're used to being rejected. I was used to hmm. being rejected. Hmm. I was used to being the outcast, you know, the failure, the black sheep. So to start to look at myself a different way, that's to me was probably the hardest thing I've ever had to do. Wow. I can't even imagine the pain. So you were 35. You had six kids. Yes. You felt worthless, living a defeated life. And still you went back to school. And then you didn't know God. You didn't grow up in church. No, no one had introduced you to him. So how did you get introduced to him? Because I want to know how that mental shift happened or what was it that triggered that mental shift in your life? I came at a crossroad when I was in that board up house as a squatter. Mm-hmm. I realized I had, tw- I, I, I had 12 eyes watching me, 12, 12 eyes. I had two high schoolers. My sons was in high school. Mm. My daughters was in middle school. And then I had a son and daughter in elementary. Wow. I, I was contemplating suicide. So for me, I, I was thinking of legacy and suicide at the same time, which is crazy because what do a, a, you know, someone of my caliber at that time was thinking about legacy, but I was thinking of legacy and suicide because I, I felt like my children would be better without me. I just did. I, I felt like I was a loser. I'm embarrassing them. I could not make our life magically oh my God. get better overnight. And so when I came to my six children, this is how I saved my children. I gave my six children the only key that I possessed. And that what was, was that so- key? And that was service to others. Okay. Now that was a very humbling, humiliating experience because my kids, they want stuff like the other kids. They want name brand clothes, shoes, mm-hmm. the hair. And oh, yeah. So here I am giving them. It was so humiliating for me oh, because I'm giving them a part of me that's been rejected for years. The unconditional love, the the service to others, the stuff that the world don't really look at as success. Mm -hmm. So here I am. And I said, well, I told my six children, I said, this is the only thing I have to offer you all. I want to show you all how to give back when we don't have anything. Cause I believe if I could teach you all now at our lowest, I've given you a strong foundation to build on to become great leaders. And out of me, we got the newspaper clippings showing we did events in the community. And at first, they were like, what are you talking about, mama? We don't have anything. How can we show love and help someone else? But I mean, paying ourselves, right? Exactly, exactly. And out of that, they took their only key that I possess, and they turned around one by one. Um, And I'm trying not to cry because... Mm. they took that one key my son his senior in high school he said mother by what you showed me about serving and giving back my way of serving and giving back is joining the united states marine corps wow. he recently retired after 10 and a half years medically retired now he's a college student to pursue uh his bachelor's degree so he continued to wow. serve in whichever area god is calling him into a daughter came to me and said, Mom, my way of serving is going to the medical field. She's an EMT, a licensed pharmacy tech, and she's in college pursuing a bachelor's in human services. Nice. Another daughter came, 
came and said, Mom, my way of giving back is going to the human service field. She graduated this month with her bachelor's in liberal studies, um, and she joined the United States Army two years ago. A son came to me. He became a caretaker. He's gainfully employed. My daughter at age 16, she's, she'll be 19, matter of fact, in two days. Wow, um, she, happy birthday. <laughs> thank you. She became a two-time Christian published author by the time she was 16. Wow. She's a youth leader, a spoken word artist that speak out on injustice in the community. And then we have my youngest son, Omega. Omega's the last and the end. There's no yeah. more coming out. <laughs> like Omega, that. he's thankfully employed. He'll be 18 this year. And he's been employed since he was 16. He's gone to the 12th grade. And all of them are leading in their own right as, as leaders. And so God did nothing else for me. I think as a leader, I've done my job. You have done your job, Natasha. I must say that you've been selected as the mother of the year in Georgia for 2020 was not an accident. You went from being homeless to raising six kids to become leaders. Amazing work. So you, are, you, you truly are a good representation, but my, my, my issue and one of the reasons I brought you on, Natasha, is to help me reach out to women who are struggling. We have a lot of women who are living below their potential. We have a lot of women who are in abusive relationships, verbally, physically. We have a lot of, lot of women who struggle financially, who don't even know where to start from. You were in that place, yes. right? You were in that yes. place, but you have risen out of that place. You've come out of your brokenness and now you are inspiring others. You are saying to people, change the narrative. You have actually changed your narrative. You're saying to people, rewrite your story, discover your purpose. You have in 12, 13 years rewritten your story, but you didn't do it alone. There was somebody behind you. You, you shared about how you met God and how that was a turning point. Can you share that with, with our listeners, with our, our, our friends who are listening today? Oh my goodness. Well, the journey got so hard. Um, it was, it's one thing to be homeless or going through whatever you're going through for a month, couple of months, couple of weeks. But when it become years, we was homeless for three and a half to four years. Wow. It was one thing to keep my mind sane. Here I am, a full-time student, six kids. My son, probably about a year and a half into the homeless, he went on off and graduated high school to the Marines. So I have to keep myself motivated and all these other people. I mean, mm -hmm. I mean, which... But I remember the journey got so hard that I walked into a hospital and I told the lady at the desk, I said, ma'am, I, I don't think I could do this anymore. And I guess she looked at the sort of look on my face. She said, ma'am, are you saying you want to commit suicide? I said, yes, yes, ma'am, I, I can't do this. And I remember them keeping me for a week for observation. And they had a padded room on that floor. And I asked the lady at the desk on that floor, I said, ma'am, can I go into that room? She said, ma'am, you're no threat to anyone. But this is where God and I got to know each other. I went into that room one day, uh, once a day, every, for the seven days I was there. And I just remember dropping down to my knees, crying, God, are you there? Please help me. Mm. I don't have anything. I don't know where to go. Please help me. And I just start just crying out to him, talking, you know, surrendering. And I just remember when I was discharged, it's like I felt, and I remember, I'm still a student, so this must have been summertime. Um, 
I think we were going back to school within another week, within, within the next week. And so I just remember coming out of that hospital and I felt like a wind beneath my wings. I knew someone was there. Amen. And before I knew it, although my situation did not turn around overnight, I just remember crossing the stage with my associates, my bachelor's, my MBA. But when I got accepted into the PhD program for leadership, it was at that moment. I did want to bungee jump up to heaven and high five my man. And um, only God can do that. Yeah. Only, only God. Um, I was hanging on, be honest with you, his mercy and his grace kept me. Amen. I didn't have it. I wasn't that smart. I'm just, I'm, and I want to let people know a lot of times we think we got to have the right connection for God to use us for our life to turn around or, or, or we got to know the right people be brought up in the right home. I didn't have any of that. What I had was a surrendering heart and I wanted to make it better for my family. And I started to develop a relationship with my God, my higher power too. And that's how my life turned around it, it, it turned around so latasha listen to this there's there are so many women who don't know where to turn and what i'm hearing is that there's one look that you can never block it's the upward look it, it can never be blocked you look to the right no help look to the left no help look forward no help look backward but when you look up and it reminds me of the woman in luke chapter 18 verse 1 when Jesus was telling the parable of the, of the need, uh, he started by saying men ought always to pray and not to faint. And then he told the story of this woman, starting in verse 2 through verse 7, 8. And he says, this woman goes to the king. It sounds to me like that's, that's what you were doing. You were at your wit's end. She was oppressed. She had nothing. Her husband had died. She was a widow. I mean, you, you were divorced, so pretty much comparable, yes. right? Yes. You did not have a man in your life to support you or back you. Yes. She was widowed. She had nobody to support her. But there is a God that can help. There is a God that can support women who have no help. So she looked up to the king. Now the yes. king is the higher power we're talking about here, who is God. Grand overall designer, G-O-D. <laughs> He's our father. <laughs> He's our everything. So you looked up to him and what did he say to you that, that made a difference to you? That made you feel like, oh my God, I'm, I'm flying, I'm lifted. Uh, something changed. There was a, a shift, a mental shift. It, 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 I don't know what, what to use. But when you had that encounter with him, what did he say to you? What, I mean, share with me, share with the world. I, I, I think for me, it was him allowing me to see goals being accomplished you know because what happened when you're to 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 to, to actually start off being homeless and at living at squatters with a ged huh? and now you're seeing that you're about to cross the state with an associate's degree my faith has started to strengthen my belief that he was with me has started to strengthen and and so that when he started to show you i'm here with you when you start to see because you know because in my situation he didn't allow nobody to really help me so i had no i knew it wasn't like my focus was off for him because i could say 
oh, well, my auntie helped me or my uh -huh. mom or my dad. Uh -huh. he, he put me in a situation where I had no choice but to know, had it not been for him, there was no way I could have did that. It was no way, statistically wise, Yes, my children and I was not supposed to make it out. Just keeping it real, statistically, to have six children, and, and, I, and I thank God, my kids this year would be from 18 to 31 years old. Wow. I have not had to visit a police station, Hallelujah. gangs, drugs, someone breaking the law, someone out just, I don't, my, my children don't have grandchildren all where, everywhere. So, yeah. I, in that, who else would have did that? Who else could have killed a family like that, a seven together, had it not been for God? If it had not been for God. Reminds me of um, <clears throat> um, Andre Kraut. He sang a song, if it had not been for the Lord on our side, tell yeah. me where would I be? I think it was Andre Kraut. Where would we be without the Lord? You know, as, as women, um, one of the things the Lord called me to do is to minister to women yeah. and encourage them that there is hope. The Bible says there's hope of a tree. If you cut a tree down, my husband preached that on Sunday. If you cut a tree down, the tree has hope of sprouting again. Yeah. But a lot of times what I find is when we are broken, like you were broken, mm -hmm. what we do is we just sit there in self-pity. Yes. And we don't think there's a way out. How on earth am I going to come out of this? But I tell people broken crayons still color. It's something I found on the internet. It's not something that I came up with. I saw it on the internet and I'm like, oh my God, this is so true. When you think of a broken life, at some point or the other, as women, we are broken. Mm -hmm. we, we just have different stories of being broken. We've been broken in different ways. Right. Your story is different than mine. But for God to have helped you to come out of that tells me something tells me that God is good and God is God. You cannot help him, but he can help you. And yes. he always shows up when we cry out to him. Matthew 7, 7 says, ask and it shall be given to you. The problem we have is we're not asking. We're not coming to him to say, Lord, help me. Now you went into that padded room and you cried out to God. Yes. And my encouragement to anyone who's listening to me today is, cry out to God. It doesn't matter what your circumstances look like. It doesn't matter what, how much abuse you have been through. I mean, we're listening to Latasha. She went through verbal abuse, physical abuse, struggles. She's from a humble background, but now she's on the stage. Tell me about the movie that is coming out about your life story. Oh my, I tell you, God, I, I tell you, I think he's giving me little bits by little bit with Georgia Mother of Your National and the movie. Um, so we're, we are in a pre-production stage of turning my story into a, a movie called The Hidden Glory, the Latarsha Holden story. So um, I'm just excited that the, the director and the writers, they in that process stage when they're doing the writing. And um, so people can follow the Facebook Hidden Glory, like and follow the Facebook Hidden Glory page. That's with movie updates, casting calls, and other important information that the director will post. But 
13 years later this year from when I started college. And I think a lot of times, Pastor, people give up because things don't happen overnight. Here, we're 13 years later being named Georgia Mother of the Year when a movie has been done. Um, and, I, and I think that's what happens. Although God hears our cries, but we have to be a willing participant in our own deliverance. Amen. We cannot just help Amen. me, help me, help me. And then we sit and I, I, had, I had to still push and go to class every day. I had to still get up. No one was going to save my family but me. And when I realized that it was, I was the only one that had the power to change the trajectory of my life. It was then that I just, with tears in my eyes, and sometimes I wanted to give up. Sometimes I was on a verge of a mental breakdown. Sometimes I was depressed. But I kept believing, okay, God, you showed me visions. Okay, God, I just kept going and kept going. And here we are 13 years later, and I'm representing the millions of mothers around the world. And you are a good representation of the mothers. Thank I you. must say that. I must say that. Um, you said something just now. You must be a willing participant in your own deliverance. Mm. So in what ways are we not participants? You know, because as women, we are the weaker vessel. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I preach empowerment because when God made the woman, he was intentional. He looked at the man and he said, this man needs help. Let me bring him someone that can help him. And then he took a bone. Now compare the dust to the bone. When you pour water on the dust, what happens? The dust crumbles. Mm-hmm. But the, the bone holds up. So we are created strong. And the word empower, power is the ability to do something. Mm-hmm. M is in. So in, in us, we have been endued with abilities that we don't even know, okay? So when we are broken, we're like pictures. We're broken, we're very fragile. Um, one of my friends just wrote, wrote a book, Beautifully Broken, and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, how can you be broken and be beautifully broken? But mm. your story is so compelling that I, I, I believe that you can be beautifully broken. Yes, you are broken, but you're still beautiful inside because of what God has put on the inside of you. But a lot of times, we cry out to God and say, God, help me. But we're not willing participants in our own deliverance. Why do you think we do that to ourselves? Because my goal is to help women to come out of that brokenness. Again, we're all broken in some way. Yeah. But how do we, after we have cried out to God, become willing participants in our own deliverance? Well, two things. I believe we are, we're not really... Until a person gets to the place, enough is enough. You, you, <laughs> you almost got to get to that place. And then we get stuck in our comfort zone. But you know what? This is not so bad. I am making the buy. And then <laughs> the third, and, you know, and thirdly is, is, is change is scary, but it's necessary. But we don't know what it's like on the other side of not being broken. Sure. We don't, I, I didn't, you know, it, I, I'm more accountable now. I'm in the public eye now, so it's a lot. I'm responsible for my actions, no more, more so than I was. So, the more we begin to heal, and the more we allow God to to do the purging process in us, the more we become accountable not only to ourselves but to the purpose and the destiny that He has for our lives, and that scares a lot of people. 
because they don't see my vulnerabilities. People don't see that I don't have it all together. Um, sometimes I even uh, wrestle with the imposter syndrome. You know, I, I still wrestle with that. You know, oh God, they're gonna find out I'm not as smart. Yes, I have a doctor degree, but I don't sound like the doctors and the these and those who actually came up in corporate America or those who came up from you know the traditional way came out of high school went to college and mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but it's in my vulnerabilities and my transparency that i rest and i'm free to be me i'm free to be god who god called me to be and i think that's what a lot of people are scared the world has taught us that if you're not perfect if you don't live in a certain zip code or if you don't do this a certain way you don't dress a certain way you're not gonna fit in mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i just got tired of trying to fit in and so, you know, I, you know, and I thank God for my wilderness experience. It wasn't my degrees did not save me. My wilderness experience did. Amen. So in other words, you have to go through the wilderness experience. Of you have to be um, broken and then rebuilt. Um, Michelle and I and I were talking about broken glass. How you melt it and then you put it back together. It's stronger, and you get the mosaic. You know those um, window paintings we have in churches. It, those are from broken glass, but until the glass is broken, the beauty doesn't come out. So for us to be able to participate in our own deliverance, what I'm hearing is we have to be ready to be vulnerable. We have to be ready to let go, let go and let God. Now, yes. one, of the, one of the missions of the Empowered Woman um, channel is to be able to help women to come out of that brokenness. Yes, you have been broken, but there is hope. We don't know what the other side looks like, but yeah. we have to step out. step out. At some point, we have to step out. We cannot continue to sit back and say, oh, I'm broken. Oh, I'm this. Oh, I'm that. It's taken you 12, 13 years, yeah. which also <laughs> tells me that the journey with, with God is a journey of patience. Mm. Yes. So you may be broken, but step by step, one step at a time, one step at a time. You walked the stage with your associate and then it was your bachelor's and then it was your master's and now your doctorate and now your doctor Latasha Holden. But yes. you were not always that. Exactly. You didn't come from um, a rich family. You didn't come from... No. Uh, how do I put it? You were not already on the stage. Exactly. You were in, in the woods. Yeah. <laughs> And then you had to walk through the wilderness to come mm. out on stage. Mm. The children of Israel went through the wilderness experience too, right? Yes. And it was not an easy experience. The wilderness journey, the wilderness experience is never easy. It's never Guess easy. Guess what? There is a promise on the other side of that wilderness that we have to look forward to. Yes. So to that broken woman, what do you have to say? <laughs> Oh my goodness. I, I would say this. Um, always remember, nobody is going to fight for you but you. Nobody. If we don't have, it's not a man that's going to come save us, a woman. God will put people along your journey to aid you, but ultimately your deliverance depends on you to save your family and your relationship with him or whoever your higher, their higher power is. But for me, it was my God and, and, and his son, Jesus, that helped me. Um, the man was gone anyway. He was huh? gone. The man was gone anyway. 
yeah, the man was gone. So I, I, I started, you know, for, for, oh my gosh. Even, even to go back and say, I'm gonna go back and help for others. And I ran for city council and I wrote the 12 books. I, I, in the, my undergrad professor told the class that the world belongs to those who are disciplined. Hmm. So from my homeless experience, I learned how to be disciplined. I had to. So, so to go from someone that dropped out in the 10th grade, I did not have that trait. So I had to learn how to be disciplined, how to manage my time wisely. And so I was able to write 12 books within a year and a half, wow. you know, to, to, to get the courage to run for city <laughs> council in, tw in 2017. You know, so, and, 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 and another thing, put your blinders on. I don't look at who's ahead of me. Mm. I'm running my race with my gifts and talents. Oh my I don't God. Gifts and talents. <laughs> you know, I, I got my blinders on. Okay. I, I, whatever. I, I'm not trying to compete with anyone. I just learned, you know, and another, thank you, Holy Spirit. A lot of times we don't really uh, uh, do a lot of um, achieving in life of our personal goals because we feel it's not celebrity stats. Uh -huh. You might can bake well, every because God has given us everything we need to have a successful life. My gifts and talents. I used to. I cried out to God. I said, God, I don't, I don't, I don't have any. What gifts did you give me? I mean, you gave me love and compassion for people and empathy. How can I make an impact and an income at the same time? And I heard a still small voice say, "Use your gifts." And I'm like, "How can I use my gifts?" And then I start writing my books. Then I started my T-shirt line. Then I started inspirational speaking. We overlook everything we need is already there. Because Empowered. It's, yeah, because Inside. it's not. Inside. It's, it's already, stop looking at your gifts. You might be the best baker your family have ever tasted pot. Well, you bake to the best that you can and you bake a business out of it. He's already, if we stop looking like it's supposed to be this big shebang and, 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 and just be like, you know what, God, this is me. You gave me love, compassion, and, and empathy for people, and, and I turned it into a business. I'm, you know, like I said, my t-shirts, my books, my speaking engagements. Your comic when book. I was, yeah, huh? The, the comic book for children that's coming out the, in June. Well, it, no, it's a Christian comic book for grown people, you know? Oh, for grown people, okay. Yeah, yeah, it's a Christian comic book to help Christians, to show, to, to, to show Christians that the reason why the church is not powerful and we don't see signs of miracles. We're not using our gifts properly to defeat the kingdom of darkness. Wow. wow. If we cultivate our gifts, what are your hospitality? What are your administration? Those are the gifts, but we got to come together collectively so we can defeat the kingdom of, no, because everybody want to be the pastor. Mm. Everybody want to be the praise leader. Everybody want the spotlight. <laughs> but, but my thing is this, can you handle their cross? to get that crown for that position. That's, the, that's sure. why I tell my kids, I'm not jealous of nobody. I don't want your crown, because my cross almost killed me, so I don't know what your cross <laughs> is. So no, and I think when we just say, you know what, this is who I am. I might not be pastor, you know, or, or Dr. Latarch, but I'm gonna use my gifts to make my little corner of the world Amen. better. Amen. And that's Amen. what I'm doing. I'm just using my gifts to make my 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 corner of the world better amen amen that's what empowerment is about latasha the abilities that god has given us that he has deposited on the inside of us that is what the empowerment is about and every woman needs to stay in her corner 
Yes. And use those gifts and those abilities to improve the world. You know, I, I talk about the woman created to be a blessing, not just to your family, but to your world as a whole. Yes. So the whole plan and the purpose of God is for us to be a blessing. And that's why, to your point, I have tunnel vision. I don't compare yeah. myself with anybody. Yeah. I dress how I like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I mean, you can wear whatever. I keep it real. Yeah. And, and my son said this to me the other day, and I, I'm working on a collection of poems right now. And I told him, I, I saw this permission to put it in, 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 in as one of the quotes. And I have your quote as well. Favor is better than money. I'm going to put yeah. that in my book as well and put your name. And this is what he said. Comparison creates complex. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Celebration indicates character. In other mm. words, when you compare yourself with other people, I cannot compare myself with you, Latasha. And this is why. Your cross <laughs> brought you to the stage, right? Yeah. My mm. cross is taking me somewhere else. Mm -hmm. I, I'm waiting to see where God takes me with my cross. But mm. I have to bear that cross with grace. The empowered woman is not, she's a strong woman. She's full of grace. She holds her head high. She hides her, her tears. But she walks tall in what yeah. God has given her. And so she celebrates others. And, and I celebrate you, Latasha. I really, really do. I celebrate you. In, in celebrating other people, we indicate that we have God's character in us. Mm. So to your point, uh, uh, we all, all should be walking like this, with tunnel yeah. vision, yeah. going where God is saying to go, following his directions and following his lead so that we can be on the stage that God has called us to be. We're going to have to stop at this time. I'm going to bring you back, Latasha. <laughs> we will have to do this, you know, continue from here. But at this point, we have to stop. I've taken too much of your time already. But to, to, to my empowered woman who's listening, here's what I'm going to say. I, I want to close with this. Do not compare yourself with other people. Yeah. But think of what Latasha has shared with us today. Think of where she has been. Humble beginnings, on the streets, sleeping in her vehicle, um, being a squatter with, with other people. But today, she's on the stage. She went from the streets to the stage. And God can do the same for you. Yeah. I think the problem we have as women is that we're not looking up. We're yeah. looking around, Absolutely. talking to girlfriends. We're looking for, for validation from the yeah. people who cannot validate us. We're looking for validation from men, from girlfriends, from, from colleagues at work. But the biggest validation we need is from God. And he says we are accepted in the beloved. And once you know that you are accepted in the beloved, honestly, the sky is not even the limit. Mm. So going forth from now, I want to challenge you, empowered woman. Look up. Look up. Don't look down. Stop looking around. Look to mm. him who can validate you and help you. He's the help of the helpless. Latasha was helpless and he helped her yes. and he can help you too. Thank you for joining us, Latasha. We're going to come back and thank talk you some more. Having... Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Again, your story is so comp compelling, and I think the whole world should hear it. And that's why we're going to come back one more time to talk about some other things. Thank you to those of you who have listened to us today. We appreciate you. Join us again. Latasha is going to be back very, very soon. I love you all, and I say God bless you. Amen. Mm -hmm.
Thank you.